Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. Um, uh, transition here. And I, I just want to say, it, uh, I don't think it would profit us very much to spend much time there, but just to know that these stories and these discourses uh, that they, they, they think they may have been uh, written on leaf, they call it leaf, but a page is what we would call it, and that some of them got switched around uh, because they kind of fit better other places. I don't think that argument is going to help us any. I just want you to know that it's there, uh, and we will make do with the, the best that we can uh, with, with what we have, okay? Uh, I did not prepare uh, questions on each chapter um, for you uh, for tonight, um, so we'll, we'll go without the pop quiz, uh, but you all have been really good about that, okay? It's it just that I'm running short of questions, I think, that would be profitable for us to consider. I'll put it that way, okay? And... Uh, and that uh, very, um, uh, and uh, I want to raise uh, thanks tonight for our crew. If if you don't know, if, uh, if Fred and Sharon are in the booth back there, uh, Kathy is usually at the refreshment there, and uh, Daryl is my in-house research analyst. <laughs> Well, you two too know it, that. But and and so uh, he, you know, I consult him. So the thing of it is, uh, even though I'm up here doing this, okay, they they're making it happen. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Linda. And um, my heart is filled with gratitude for being able to work with him. Also for the pastors. Uh, um, really encouraging me to to go ahead with this and um, and so I, I'm awful thankful uh, for for the church uh, and the pastors to, to do that uh, as far as our attendance tonight it looks like the, a lot of our members are voting with their feet that we we shouldn't have had it tonight okay but we did and here and here we are but we do have coming up the new year and Christmas to deal with okay we will do that next Wednesday evening, okay? What, what we as a group want to do for uh, our future around Christmas and holidays and that kind of thing, okay? We will do that then. All righty, let's see if we can get started now uh, with uh, Jesus and uh, the feast here. And um, this is the, the Feast of Tabernacles. And if you're not familiar with that, the, the reason this was like an important feast for them is because in their history, they were in the desert some 40 years total. They were in the desert, so they lived in tents for all that time, or a tabernacle. And so uh, this is part of their history, and so they would celebrate this history by making little booths or shanty kind of things and living in them for, I think it was eight days. I, is, is, that, is that pretty 
close, Phil Bar okay, with eight days, okay? And this was that feast that uh, was going to, uh, that Jesus was going to go to. But he, uh, his brothers, I think you'll see, I, I think it's in our reading tonight. I don't think we already read that. His, his, his brothers ask him, are you going to go to the feast or you need to go to the feast and, uh, so that your fame will be sealed? Um, I'm sorry? We did that last week? Yeah. That your fame would be sealed, but, but Jesus is like coy. It, it, yeah, he said, you know, my time hasn't come yet. I'm not going to go and that kind of, And then guess what? Yeah, he shows up, exactly, he shows up at the feast, yeah. and, and it leaves questions in my mind, and I never quite filled that in, if you know what I mean, uh, but I, I, again, uh, it is uh, more of a mystery when it, when it comes, uh, comes to Jesus, okay? Uh, I know it's up there. I, I, yeah, um, I didn't know how many there were that they were required to, okay? But this isn't the Passover. That, oh, three. Say three. Passover, Feast of Tabernacles, and Pentecost. Pentecost. Oh, okay. I get Yeah. And, and this, also, this is one way to express that God is one uh, in, the, in, the, in the idea of the temple itself. There's just one place. It, it, it's, it's stressing that one. It's not the way we would think, but it's the way that they, they would think. And if you're not familiar with the, uh, with the temple, it is very much like the tabernacle in the desert in terms of going to God. You, you have, let's say, a general area. We'll just talk about three. The general area in which you go into, and then you have the holy place in which they went into, and then you had the holy of holies, and that's where God was to, to, said to be seated on the mercy seat. I actually love all that talking, but I mean, it's... Uh, so. And uh, the only person that would go into the holy of holies was a high priest, and that was once a year on the great day of atonement. I think, go ahead. It struck me uh, quite a long time ago, we were talking about this years ago, and, you know, the male, you know, everybody was to go to Jerusalem three times a year, all the male families, but, you know, it wasn't working, so God decided to come to us. Oh, yeah, that's a good way, that's a good way to put it, yeah. And, well, obviously we're going to talk about that is, uh, uh, he's he's going to uh, reach out uh, to all the nations too, and uh, you can't do that in in one spot. You know, uh, has anybody ever watched Mecca? And Mecca, uh, it, it's it's kind of the same thing that we hear uh, Jewish do. Yeah, where they, where they they have, have make that pilgrimage uh, once in a lifetime, make that pilgrimage to Mecca. And you'll see just all, all these people going in there and uh, making, making that journey. Okay, so let's, uh, let's begin. Our commitment, of course, is that we will read every word with inside our 
time slot, and we'll try not to avoid discussing any particular point, okay? Uh, so, uh, and, and that is an invitation to you to bring up what you, what you want to uh, hear, okay? Because I have no problem saying I don't know. It's not a problem with me, okay? I can, I can say that. Not until halfway through the uh, festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. Now there he says, he just, he's going there to teach, okay? We're going to uh, get that again with his posture, okay? Uh, the Jews were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having been taught? Jesus answered, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me, everyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak it on my own. Uh, he was teaching them in a way that it sounded like he had been to Harvard or that he had been to Duke University. Uh, he was speaking, his vocabulary and how he was addressing things was impressive to them. And so they're hearing this, and they say that he doesn't have any degree. And that was, he's not really part of our group. How did he get this information that he could speak to us the way, the way he does? Go ahead. This is the second time we've heard this. Yes. Because we heard it when he was twelve year old separated from his family. Yes. Yes. Very good. I wasn't even thinking of that, but it being other times that's heard. Yeah, you're exactly right because they're amazed. Here he is, uh, tw he's 12, and he's uh, standing up and making arguments with uh, Pharisees and the, and the priests and that kind of thing. Dave. Well, it was good. It was good. Yeah, <laughs> right. That no. All right. Uh, so, so they're surprised at at this, and it, it it is kind of a put down for him too. You know, here you are, just a country boy, and you're talking that way. How can that be? You know. Uh, so, um, but but they're concerned about that. And this was one of the things, the arguments that I really loved here, um, is that if you are seeking God's will, you will find God and you'll find Jesus. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak of my own. So you'll, you, you always find what you're looking for. Okay, so if, if that's what you want, and I can remember as an early adult uh, thinking, you know, how am I going to do all this stuff and how am I going to uh, respond to God? I, I, you know, I don't know very much, number one. And, and, and so how am I going to respond to God? Then I, I read in um, uh, Matthew, I think it's 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And I said, now I can do that. I can seek it. I don't know that I found it or not, you know, and I'm, and I'm not going to boast that I have, but I'm, I'm gonna, I, can, I can seek it. And that's what I think he's asking for here is for you 
to seek. Uh, if you're seeking God, you'll know that Jesus is right on target. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'm, I'm, and so I, I love these arguments that are made. We'll try to keep up with them and, and not overlook. There's a couple of other ones that I think are just fabulous in, in this uh, lesson for tonight. And I, I think you will like those. Okay. Let's go to the next one. <clears throat> Whoever speaks on their own does not gain personal glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him, meaning if, if you're seeking on behalf of somebody else, and of course, he is on behalf of the Father. He is sent by the Father. I love that. Um, and, and you see this every once in a while, especially like in the story of Joseph. Uh, Jacob, the father, sends Joseph, <clears throat> the son, to see how the brothers are doing or to see how the children are doing. And it is, it's so classic. Uh, that's uh, God is sending his son to check up on us and see how we're doing. Okay. <clears throat> Has not Moses given you the law and yet not one of you keeps the law? Why are you trying to kill me? Uh, the quotation is there, they're telling him he is demon-possessed, and the crowd answered, who is trying to kill you? Now here, these, this is like politically, the common people are not really seeing what the leaders are doing. And it's, it, this I think this last is a, uh, a willing ignorance on their part uh, not to recognize that the leaders are trying to kill Jesus because they are. And you will see it uh, in, in our text uh, a little bit later. Moses gave you the law, yet not one of you keeps the law. I mean, they, you, you know you break the law. And, you know, trying to keep the law is, is really not working for you. Uh, and so, but what's their, what's their argument? Oh, go ahead, Daryl. He's saying, Moses gave you the law. And the law says, thou shalt not kill. So they're breaking the law because they're trying to kill him. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. right now saying they're breaking the law. Yeah. Thou shalt not kill. No. And they weren't. No, uh, they weren't. Okay, let's go to our next one. Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, and you are all amazed. Now, I, I think this is referring to the man at the pool of Bethesda. Okay, but I'm not sure. Okay, but I, I think that's the point that they want to make, that Jesus wants to make. Yet, because Moses gave you certain circumcision, through actually it did not come from Moses, but come from the patriarchs. So where does circumcision come from? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Okay. Uh, that's where it came from. Okay. Uh, but, it, but it's part of the law. Now you circumcise a boy on Sabbath day because law requires the, 
the youngster to be circumcised what? I'm sorry? Eighth day. Eighth day. And so, so you're, what you're doing is you're keeping from breaking the law of the circumcision on the eighth day by breaking the Sabbath, which is you can't do any healing or wor work. Yeah, but I would say, specific, yeah, clipping. <laughs> that was a good way to put it. Um, but uh, so, so his argument is, the, the, the argument Jesus is making here is you're saying that it's okay to break the Sabbath to deal with one part of the man. I broke the Sabbath to heal the whole man, and you're upset about it. That's a great argument. I thought that when I finally run, you know, got that in my head, I thought, wow, that's such a good argument, you know. And, of course, he's making an argument for the, the whole man. Mark does this, too, beautifully, uh, uh, talking about Jesus in the synagogue and healing the man with the withered hand. You know, here they come, and they say, they, they say he breaks the law because he healed the man with the withered hand. And Jesus asked the question, is it good to save life on the Sabbath or to kill? And... and you say, well, the man only had a withered hand. His life wasn't in danger. Oh, yes, it was. Because somehow that had ruined the man. And Jesus was not just healing a hand. Jesus was healing a man and giving him wholeness. Okay, and this argument here, he said, that, you, know, uh, you, you break the Sabbath day uh, to deal with just one small portion of the man. I broke the Sabbath today to deal with the whole man, and now uh, you're on to my case about it. And it just, you know, these are great arguments. These, these are just great arguments. Uh, and what, what has happened is John has had these arguments for these some 60 years. And so he has made sense of them, and he understands them now. And so now he's writing them so that we, we can understand this, this Jesus, okay? <clears throat> now, if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. Yeah. Stop, and we're going to get some more of this. Stop trying to look good and do right. Boy, wouldn't that go a long way with politicians today. I mean, it would just, it just would, for a person who is nominated to the Supreme Court, would say, it would ask, can you define a woman? And they said, no, I can't define a woman. I'm, I'm thinking, now you know she can. You know she can. But she's trying to look good. She's trying to fit in to a niche. Shoot, I figured that out when I was 14 years old. <laughs> I have to apologize. I was a slow learner. I was, 
I've never gotten over it, Jerry. I've never gotten over it. I just wanted to put that out there, okay? Oh, come on, that was good. Oh, come on, that was good. So stop trying to look good and do right. Those are very often two different things. And so Jesus is saying, you know, go for the correct and the, and the right thing. And, uh, and okay, again, you, you get his argument here, didn't you? You know, he, he dealt with a man's whole body on the Sabbath day. Uh, Jesus ain't messing around here. And I just love the idea of wholeness, guys. I do. I just love that idea and, and try to keep that. It, it, they're, they're really, even though you don't match it, okay, but there ought to be a sense of ought about you, of what ought to be. There ought to be that sense of ought about you. And I'll argue with you, and I'll talk about all of, all of what's, what is all the time, okay, yeah. But still, you need to have a sense of what ought to be. Who ought I be in my relationship with Jesus Christ or with God the Father? Go ahead, Mike. When you talk in terms of the law, God gave the law to Moses, but the law was interpreted by the religious leaders. So is it, aren't they responsible for all the, the, the stuff that, that was laid on the people that, that made it so, so, so hypocritical? Yeah, uh, there was a book that they came up with, uh, the, the more educated will say, uh, I want to say called Mishmash. I, I, I'm not sure that's a good, good word, but it was, but it was a word, wh what you do in every day to, to make sure that you observe the law, the whole idea about you can't carry a needle in, in your, in your uh, um, tunic. You can't carry a needle because you might do some sewing with it or something of that nature on the Sabbath day. They, that kind of thing, you know, and they, 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 would, they would have that. It would sound very ridiculous to us, but it was their effort to, to please God. It was their effort uh, to, to do the best they can, yeah. But, but you're right. Yeah. Yes. And you, boy, you, you see that, especially when Jesus comes along. And, and you, you, you see, Jesus is an outsider. There, there are at least two avenues to effect change in the world. One avenue is to be on the inside, to be like a, a Nicodemus. He'll come up tonight. To be like a Nicodemus, you know, someone who's toying with the idea of being a Christian and is in a place of leadership. Then there comes a Jesus along who's an outsider, which is not strange because it very often takes an outsider to see how foolish the inside's doing. And sometimes it takes that, you know. And Jesus is the outsider. He, he comes as an outsider. That's why they're so surprised that he can speak so well and that, that kind of thing. But he's coming as an outsider. We, this one we already did. Okay, so let's go to our next one. Now, this is, this is our change now to uh, Jesus as the Christ. This is part of those discourses that John has 
uh, and he'll uh, be making some points as, as we uh, go across that. Uh, yeah, the two, two points of the Feast of the Tabernacle would be the historical reference which we've already made of them living in tents, but also it had agricultural, it was the harvest time. And uh, that, that would be part of it. Okay. At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask, isn't this the man they were trying to kill? That's what I mean. They, they knew that that's what they were doing. Okay. Um, and you, you just had to be willingly, and by the way, it's easy to be willingly ignorant. It, you'll find it, if you're honest with yourself, you'll, you'll find yourself uh, being willingly ignorant at times. Isn't this the man they were trying to kill? Here he is speaking publicly, and they are not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Messiah? There's a good argument, yeah. Just give it right back. Oh, do you think he's really the Messiah now? Because you're not trying to kill him. You know, you're supposed to be trying to kill him, but you're not. You know, and why aren't they? Probably not trying to do that because they're afraid of the populace who are going for Jesus, and they would probably be afraid of the populace if they, if they did that, because you can only go so far doing that. Uh, okay, but, but we know where this man is from. When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he is from, and uh, they did, not they knew where Jesus was from. He's from Galilee, Nazareth, um, but he's actually born in Bethlehem. Yeah. Okay, go to our next, uh, next slide. Then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out. Now, there's going to be at least two places in which he cries out in this uh, discourse, okay? And this is a little, little different uh, um, in uh, colonial times, the guy that rang the bell and went through the streets, what we call the herald, crier, and he would, that's a crying out. Uh, and that's, so it meant he, you know, Jesus talks, but here he's crying out. Uh, he's making a, a statement, and you can tell by the tone and reflection of his voice what he's doing, okay? Yeah, this, this is different to him uh, just speaking. Uh, yes, you know me, and you know where I am from. I am uh, not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. At this, they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. Still, many in the crowd believed in him, they said, when the Messiah comes, will he perform more signs than this man? Now, again, I think he's referring to the sign at the Pool of Bethesda where he healed a man that was uh, invalid for uh, 38 years. And I think that's uh, uh, where, where he is, uh, is, is pointing that. Okay, let's go to our next one. <clears throat> The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees 
sent temple guards to arrest him. Jesus said, I am with you for only a short time, and then I am going to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. And uh, I did look this up. This, this is where I am. This is not an I am statement. I did look that up, and it, is, it, is, it uh, uses a different construction of the sentence uh, than the I am statements. Uh, and you remember we had the first one, which was, I am the bread of life. Okay. Um, but, but that's not, that's not uh, part of the... Now, the chief priests are doing what? They're, they're sending the temple guards to do what? Arrest him, bring him in. Okay. This, they have a mission, and that's what they are to do. It's hard for us to think that uh, the religious order or the politicians, that's the same. And not only that, but they have control of the police force as well. It it is just rife for, for corruption. It's just so... Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, there now, uh, so uh, Jesus is in threat of being arrested there in the temple. And he's easy to find, too. He's in the temple, and they, they know where he's at. Okay, let's go to our next one. <clears throat> the Jews said to one another, where does this man intend to go that we cannot find him? Will he go where our people live scattered among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? Uh, this was always a possibility. This was always a possibility for Jesus. This is the uh, the Jews is despera. Is that the way you would say that? Yeah, but it's close. I'm close to the pronunciation, right? And that's the uh, that's the same idea uh, used here. Is the Jews that had uh, left uh, Palestine, or whatever you, uh, you know. Maybe that isn't a good word, okay. But, but had left Jerusalem, we'll say, left Judea and had scattered out into the Greek world. And you were either Jew or Greek, okay. You, there was no like in between uh, designation uh, for that. Um, when, when, when Jesus is in the garden, which we, we don't have in John, okay. But when Jesus is in the, in the garden, he prays, let this cup pass from me. And if God would have let him off the hook, he could have slipped out into the dark and into that Greek world and become a great teacher in the Greek world. He could have. But he's held by the call, and he's held by, to, to please the Father. And, and so he stays and pleases the Father. That's what this is bringing up here, Yes. He can quit this nonsense in Jerusalem and slip off into the Greek world and become a great teacher there. That's what he can do. He's not going to. He's going to stay with the Father. Um, and, I, and I think it's because God the Father has not dismissed the Jewish people. He wants, he's going to hang in there, try every way in the world to get next to them. And, and for them uh, to wake up. Uh, 
What did he mean when he said, I, you will look for me, but you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. On the last of the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, there he's crying out again now. He's crying out again. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. I call that the great invitation. Uh, it's been some time ago. I asked Maria, uh, Jerry, about it Sunday, okay? And I don't think she remembered the sermon, but she preached the sermon here at the church. And I remember why. I'm not sure she said it that way, but this is what I heard. I, I heard her say, stay hungry. And I even uh, told her later, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Let all those who are thirsty come. So the, the qualifications for you coming to God are, we'll say, say coming to Jesus, you're in, is, only has one predicate, and what's that? Let's try it again. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, the only pre that you need to come to Jesus is this. What? Thirsty. If you are thirsty, you qualify. And what do you qualify? Go ahead. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But here, it, it, to me, it, yeah, it has part of that, that too, but, but it, it seemed like here's the official. This, this is the invitation. This has this is got your name on it. This is the invitation that has your name on it. If you're what? You got to be thirsty. Hungry is a good, a good one too, uh, uh, he's, but he's using, and we, again, we're guessing at a lot of this, okay? But every day, they, they would carry water into the temple and pour it out. And, uh, and it is to celebrate um, God's life-giving force through water. And it is, that is not a strange thought when it comes to Jesus Christ. Um, we, we, will, we will not turn there uh, unless you want to, okay? 1 Corinthians 10, the first four verses in uh, 1 Corinthians 10, uh, uh, Paul talks about uh, them being baptized in the cloud and being baptized in the sea. And uh, they all drank that spiritual water, and that rock was Christ. He says it clearly. That rock was Christ. And so they, they, their history was to think that Jesus brings this living water to his people. And that's what he's officially saying here. You, 
You want this living water? You can have it if you are thirsty. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink unless they're thirsty. If they're thirsty, they'll drink. Yeah. And so uh, uh, there, there you go. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. I suggest, I don't know if you've ever done this or not, I suggest that you go to Jesus, tell him I'm thirsty and I want that water. We're going to follow up on it a little bit later here, this you know, way to look at this. All right? And you can just use those words. If, if that's the best you can come up with, and, and that's good. Just, just come, use those words. That's the invitation he gives. Take him up on, on for, for yourself. T- take him up on that offer. That oh, I want that water. I think when it comes to the woman at the well, that Jesus was hinting that she would ask him for a drink. You remember? If you knew who you were talking to, you would ask him for a drink. I think he's saying, well, what you ask? What you ask? Okay, I think it's that. I think it's like a hint, you know, just, just ask. Well, well, here he says, I don't think he could say it any plainer and with a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Okay. And uh, the, the water is a picture of what? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Oil, water poured on someone, that's a, a picture of Holy Spirit. Okay, we'll go to our, our next one. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Now, guys, I've been down before. I've shared that with you. Was it last week or a week before last or whatever? I shared uh, with you about uh, I've been down before, okay? But I'm telling you, you've got resources that no one can see. You see that resource right there? It will not run dry. It will not run dry. No matter what you think, it will not run dry. Because from, what is it? Rivers of living water. Now we change just from water to what kind of water? Living water, because that was the one that Jesus talked about the woman at the well with. Because not only would he give you water, he'd give you living water. It means spring water. Spring water has the idea behind it is it has a source that you don't know. Amen? Spring water? You can find the source, but most often you do not know the source. Secondly, it's a never-ending supply. It's replenished. That's a spring. It's, it's, yeah, that's the idea. So it has a source which you don't know, and we and what's the source? Source is Jesus Christ, our God, uh, is is the source of that, and it will not run dry. It's it, it's always replenishing, so and so you can you can bank on that. <clears throat> well, by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believe in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not yet been given. That's a very good translation of that. Not yet given. Given. Since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On hearing his words, some of the people said, surely 
this man is the prophet. And that's the, that's the uh, one that they're looking for uh, that Moses said uh, would be uh, a prophet. Now, oddly enough, in, in the uh, John's tradition, uh, you don't have the day of Pentecost, okay? Uh, let me uh, turn to it. It's, um, let me see, I think it's uh, 20, chapter 20. Yes. Chapter 20, and uh, I'm going to start reading at verse 19. <clears throat> now, obviously, this is after the uh, crucifixion of Jesus, and this is one of the appearances of Jesus after the crucifixion. On the and we will we will do this when we get to it again. We're gonna we we know we're gonna do it one more time, okay? Because uh, we're gonna have to do uh, chapter 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone their sins, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. But in, in John, the tradition is Jesus breathes on them to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, if you, if you go to the synoptics tradition, uh, you, you go with the uh, second chapter of the book of Acts, uh, and you have the coming of the Spirit there. And, but, but they're describing what God is doing. God is now giving his spirit to humanity. That's what God is in the purpose of doing. Uh, and, and I just love this intimate setting here when he's with his disciples and he breathes on him. And remember now, this, the, the, the word for spirit is the same as the word for breath and for wind. Okay. And it's in uh, both language, the Hebrew and the Greek that way. Just, that's just uh, the way it comes out. Okay. Uh, when, when, I don't know why, but I was uh, reading this, and, and the spirit and the, the water has always been a sign of Jesus. I thought about that old hymn called Rock of Ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. It's one of those wonderful texts with our pastor preached on excellently, not terribly long ago, where Jesus looked, I mean, where Moses looked to see God and uh, he put him in the cleft of the rock where he would be safe. It's a beautiful story. And uh, anyway, so uh, I, I, I thought about that when I was uh, doing this. On hearing his words, some of the people said, surely this is the prophet. Uh, again, they're recognizing uh, that Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus is the Christ, uh, Jesus has come to make things right. Okay, let's go to 
<clears throat> Others said he is the Messiah still. Others asked how can Messiah come from Galilee? Must not have been a very important area, Galilee. No. Does not the scripture say that Messiah will come from David's descendants and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. It was not his time. Not his time. Let's go to the next slide. And finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priest and the Pharisees who asked him, why didn't you bring him in? Look at what they say. No one ever spoke the way this man does, the guards replied. No one ever spoke like this. No one's had the courage to say the things that he says. No one's done what he has done. Just, there's just nothing like him before, before this. Just nothing like him. You mean he deceived you also, the Pharisees retorted? Have any of the rulers or other Pharisees believed in him? Well, that's a question. Yeah, but they have. They have. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Nicodemus, he's going to come up here in a short while. But, and he may be weak, and he may not say all the things you want him to, but he's... he's Chugging along, he's doing his best. And uh, it may not be all that good, you think, but it, he's, all right. No, but this mob that knows nothing of the law, there is a curse on them. I'm telling you, that's not a winning strategy to, to, to put the common person down. That is not a this is, uh, in our political situation, it's the Walmart shoppers. You know, <laughs> you, can, you can just smell the Walmart shoppers. Oh, please. A basket of deplorables. That is not a winning strategy to put the average person down. You don't want to do that. You want to build them up, okay? And sometimes they're right, the average person. <laughs> and the big guys are wrong. It happens, and it sure happens with Jesus. He's from, he's from Galilee. Oh, anyway, yeah, amen, okay. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier, he doesn't, he doesn't want us to miss this point, okay, that this is the same guy that went to Jesus er, earlier and who was one of their own number asked, does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he he has been doing. They replied, are you from Galilee too? Boy, it sounds like today, doesn't it? Oh, man, that sounds like today. Oh, are you from Galilee too? Look into it, and you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. They evidently do not like Galilee, okay? Galilee's like a no-no. All right, <clears throat> and I think that uh, that does us in for all right, let's go to the next, next one. Okay. Um, and if you, if you look in your Bibles, you'll see that uh, verse 53 is actually, at least in mine, the translation is connected with 
the eighth chapter rather than uh, the paragraph breaks just before uh, 53, and so you start uh, chapter 8. Uh, we got seven minutes, so we can work on this, uh, this uh, woman caught in adultery. Uh, let me see. Now, but 53 is part of this, okay? Okay, good. Uh, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives uh, at dawn. He appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. That's classic right there. That is classic. The posture for teaching is what? Sitting down. That's the, that's the classic. Um, whether he was in a boat, if he sat down, they would expect him to, to be teaching. And uh, there uh, you would... <clears throat> the temple course of people, and the people gathered around him. He sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. Okay. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? Now, I don't think these guys were concerned about the moral posture <laughs> of the common person, okay? I don't think that was their concern. Um, and they, they, they show no compassion and... There would be a sense of empathy, I think, for most of us here, that you would be embarrassed for the woman to be publicly paraded here. I, I, because now they didn't have this, in, uh, th this empathy. We've developed that, okay? Um, one guy says it's actually novels that have done that for us. Uh, reading uh, novels over the years has done that for us. Um, but this normal empathy that we have, they did not have. And you'll see that. Go ahead, Joan. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and you'll see that uh, time and time again. And this is one of those, one of those places. Go ahead, Dave. You got an amen right off the bat on that, Dave. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, it is. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. 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 So yeah, our problem with this is these guys are absolutely right. That's our problem with them. Yeah. We don't want them to be right here, but they are, according to the law. That's the way that, yeah. Um, but why are they presenting this to Jesus? I'm sorry? Yeah. And, and what would be the trap for him? I'm asking you to formalize that, okay? Uh, the, the law is clear, and they're following the law. Go ahead. Circumcision. 
Yes, I think so. I think that's an excellent rend rendition of that text. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they, they, they'll they'll uh, try to do that, but it is a trap to trap him. That's that's what it is, and. Uh, Oh, yeah, there it is, a question as a trap in order to have a uh, basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. And every time you read this text, you want to know what he wrote on the ground. And we, and we are no closer to it than we were 2,000 years ago, okay? <laughs> Well, we all want to know. Uh, but I think you were alluding to, to that just a minute ago that he would probably mention the particular sins of the guys that brought her brought her there and probably named one of them as a co-conspirator. <laughs> co-conspirator, yeah. yeah. Started to write on the ground. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let every one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. It's almost like he's disinterested in their predicament and what they might do about it. Or he's just stalling for time because some of this stuff takes time to sink in uh, to them. And uh, I, I just... Um, but no matter who, if we figure that out or not, Jesus is genius here. Oh, by the way, I should say, um, we, we got a couple of minutes left. We'll, we'll come back to this, okay? I got a couple, uh, a couple of minutes left. I should say that time and time again, they say that this particular story doesn't belong to John. Uh, time and time again, they say that. Um, but most of us read this story and say, it's too good to leave out. <laughs> Regardless of where it comes from, we're not going to leave it out, okay? Uh, and, and so, at this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman. Still standing there, Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are those? Uh, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she says, no one, sir, then neither do I condemn you. I always ask the trick question for people here. Did Jesus forgive this woman? There's no evidence that he forgave her because he didn't have a need to. He said, well, now wait a minute. These guys said they caught her in the very act. They got nobody to prosecute here. I mean, to prosecute her. Or, or the police. Yeah. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus said. Go now and leave your life of sin. Amen. Amen. That'd be a good way to end our session tonight is go and leave your life of sin. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Okay. We'll... Uh, We'll come back to the story and, and, and work on it some more, okay? So if it ferments and, and 
raises uh, a, a crop of questions, why we'll, we'll do them next time we get together, okay? Lord, we thank you for your word and how it blesses our lives. It gives us comfort. It, it gives us what we need. And Lord, we are thirsty, and we want to drink the water you have for us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.